can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPolcito, and the Celtics beat the 76ers 110-107, late game, clutch shot, Mr. Jason Tatum. This was an unbelievable game to watch, back and forth, pretty much the entire game. We're going to dive into all of it. Uh, going to start this podcast, follow the podcast, same as usual, run through player of the game, run through some of the highs, some of the lows. Uh, and to wrap things up, got to talk about some tough decisions that Joe Mazzulla has in front of him, because I think this is super important uh, coming off of this game, because we saw a lot of things in today's game that I think are pretty evident of how things are going to go moving forward. Uh, so going to start today with player of the game, and it has to go to Jalen Brown. This was a really, really solid game from Jalen Brown all around. Uh, 26 points, four rebounds, three assists, three steals. Uh, really just super efficient overall today. And you talk about a guy stepping up when it matters most. He had 10 points in this one in the fourth quarter on five of eight shooting. And some of these shots were just monstrous. Absolutely monster, monster buckets late in the game for him. Uh, he had... That beautiful transition bounce pass, too. One of his assists to Time Lord was an absolute dime. Absolute dime. Nice bounce pass to him for the dunk. Then stole the ball from Embiid. Beautiful double on Embiid late in the game where he ended up stealing the ball, got the transition bucket himself. And then immediately after that has a crazy tough finish to go up 10 with 6.5 left. Another pull-up mid-range to go up 99-95. Like, Jalen Brown just hit bucket after bucket in that fourth quarter. Played the entire fourth quarter, 12 minutes there, and was just super efficient. Through and through. Looked really good in this one. Uh, But we had a bunch of guys step up. And that's what I love about this game. Because, frankly, like, Jason Tatum, we'll start here. He had eight points in that fourth quarter. And... He hit, obviously, the biggest shot of the game, right? He hit the three-point shot with a second and a half left to go up 110-107. So this is a, a crazy finish for Jason Tatum. But overall, it was a bad game. So we'll leave it there. Like, that's that's what I'll talk about Jason Tatum for right now. Like, I'll put that part in the good section. Because overall, eight points in the fourth quarter. Shot pretty well, three of five. Did turn the ball over. Uh, But overall, I mean, you look at the way he played this game. It was tough up until the fourth quarter. And obviously, he hit that big shot uh, to really seal the game. So give him some clutch moments here just to give him a little bit of flowers. Since the NBA started tracking play-by-play data back in 96, this is from Tucker Boynton. There are 155 players who have attempted 25-plus field goals to tie or take the lead in the final 24 seconds of the fourth quarter. Playoffs included. Jason Tatum ranks first out of all 155 with a 51.7% field goal percentage. This was a really, really clutch basket for Jason Tatum. So you have to give him some credit. Was it a great game from him? Absolutely not. Honestly, one of the worst games that we've seen from him in a very long time. But he hit the basket when it mattered the most. 
that's what you'll love to see about it. But in a game where Jason Tatum wasn't great, we had a ton of guys step up. I am pretty convinced at this point that Derek White is our third best player, uh, regardless of you know Malcolm Brogdon, Time Lord, Marcus Smart, like. Derek White has just stepped up over and over and over again. And this was no exception. He led the team with a plus 25. Only played 25 minutes today. But was a plus 25 in those minutes. Scored 18 points. A rebound. Two assists. uh, Had another block to add to the mix. Seven of nine from the field, though. Two of three from three. The guy was just super efficient out there. Super efficient. And when he was out there, clearly with the plus 25... Things went the Celtics' way. The game completely changed when he was on the floor. And that's what I love to see about him. Derek White stepped up in a major way again because the Celtics needed it. This was a game Jason Tatum just did not have it going. And we needed guys to step up. Philly's a good team, right? We obviously know that, but we seem to own them. Every time we play them, it seems like this is the script. This is what happens when the Celtics play Philly, and I love that. Uh, but big, big game from Derek White. Big game from Al Horford, too. Like, he had 15 points in this one. But he single-handedly got the Celtics back in that third quarter. The Celtics found themselves down by as many as, I believe, 15 in that third quarter. And Al Horford went on a 9-0 run himself to pull the Celtics to within, I believe, four. And then... And then he had another, and then he had another three right after that. Like completely, completely shifted the game for the Celtics. Uh, and then on top of that, obviously he had that monster third quarter. He also had a huge three from Tatum to go up 105-103 with a minute and a half left when the Celtics were down. So Al Horford, while the first half, he didn't really do anything. Right, He had zero points on zero of three from the field. Uh, but in that in the total game, he came out with 15 points. The guy was an absolute sniper after the halftime. So you got to give Al Horford a ton of credit here. Obviously, we know what he gives you on the defensive end. He is one of the best defenders that the Celtics have trying to cover a guy like Joel Embiid. And obviously, no one can really cover Joel Embiid. There's a reason he's in the MVP race every year because the guy is an absolute monster. Absolutely hate watching him play, but he's very good at basketball. Al Horford, defensively, was solid. Solid. Uh, But offensively, he came up huge in clutch moments. Like we talk, we've talked about this on the podcast. It doesn't need to be the fourth quarter to be a clutch basket. When you're down by 15 and you have Al Horford hitting four threes and bringing you within four, like that right there, those are all clutch baskets because the Celtics needed every single one of them. Every one of them. Al Horford single-handedly turned the tide in that third quarter, and you'll love to see it from him. Uh, but we also saw really good performances from Robert Williams. I thought Robert Williams played a really solid game in this one. 31 minutes, so definitely a little bit higher. 7 of 7 from the field. 10 points. Actually, I'm sorry, 14 points. 8 rebounds, 3 of which were offensive. An assist and a steal. He was a plus 10 in the plus minus. A really solid game from Robert Williams as well. This is a game where 
he kind of showed his range. Like, offensively, this is a much different game than what we've seen for the large majority of this season. Obviously, he missed a ton of this year, right? And I'm not going to throw that out there and say that he should be doing more because he's still kind of working his way in. But we know his game at this point, right? There's zero indication from the past years that Robert Williams wants to have a crazy offensive game. There's nothing that shows you that he's absolutely willing to go out there and take a bunch of shots because he's not. But tonight he was forced into taking a, a late, late in the shot clock, mid range baseline jumper and nailed it from Derek white. Uh, but then he was just aggressive around the rim. We've seen time and time again, Robert Williams get the ball around the rim and then kick out to someone for a three. Right, That wasn't really the case tonight. Robert Williams went up strong. Like, went up really strong. And this is a big front line from Philly. So you talk about Robert Williams going up against Joel Embiid, finishing at the rim with Joel Embiid right near him. It's huge. Having Joel Embiid in the paint for Philly gives all of their perimeter guys the ability to not really sag in because they're very confident in what Joel Embiid can do defensively at the rim. Right, So all of these guys, this was one of the reasons that the Celtics really didn't shoot as many threes as we're accustomed to seeing. They only shot 36 in this one. I know people will look at that and still say it's a lot, but that's a lot less than we're accustomed to seeing. Right, Even the last couple of games, we were mid-40s, high-40s. So this is a really solid game plan overall from Joe Missoula. He deserves a lot of credit for this one. He drew up that play that Jason Tatum got the game-winning bucket. It's the exact same play that we actually ran in Brooklyn where Tatum got a wide-open layup. So this is you know, the Celtics operating at a very high level through and through. I thought Marcus Smart defensively was great. He kind of struggled out there. It wasn't his best game uh, as far as like moving the ball, as far as getting the offense involved. But that's why we have guys like Derek White step up, go out there, play well. Malcolm Brogdon, the stats aren't really there to show, but when he was out there too, Celtics were a plus 18, second highest behind Malcolm, uh, behind Derek White. He only played 20 minutes in this one, right? But he had five points. He had seven rebounds. He went out there, you know, two of six from the field, not that great, but one of two from three. Again, didn't have a massive impact. But when you have guys like Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon that can step in, give you 20, 25 minutes, respectively, like, you know that you're in a pretty good spot. And that's what we were able to get today. So it's a beautiful, like, brand of basketball that we got to watch today. Through and through. Obviously, it was a tough game for some guys, Jason Tatum specifically, but everybody else stepped up. Everybody stepped up. And that's what you love to see. So it wasn't perfect by any means. There were certainly a lot of things that the Celtics could have cleaned up. We let Philly go on a ton of runs, uh, and I want to talk. I want to dive into it. I want to talk about some of the negatives here. Before we dive into that, though, I want to take a quick break for word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Hopewell Hemp Farms. Hopewell Hemp Farms is your only source for the highest quality American-grown hemp products. If you're like me and love to be active, whether that's playing in an adult softball or basketball league or your level of activity is limited to yard work, one thing is for certain. As you get older, joints start to hurt. 
Well, I turn to Hopewell Hemp Farms Body Butter to relax those joints and their amazing tinctures to help me fall asleep. Check them out at HopewellHempFarms.com today and stock your nightstand the only way I know how. Looking for an agent to help you buy or sell real estate? George Dimas at PD Properties is the agent for you. Sell now for a flat 3% commission on the sales price. PD Properties utilize the most current marketing techniques and strive to put more money in your pocket. If you're looking to buy, call now and George will be with you every step of the way until you find a property you're able to call home. Serving the North Shore and beyond, call George Dimas with PD Properties today at 781-913-2290. That's 781-913-2290. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Guys, it could not get easier. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN, and new customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so let's talk through some of the negatives here. And again, I'll keep this section short because, frankly, like this is a good win against a really quality opponent, right? Philly's good. Third place in Eastern Conference for a reason. They're playing really good basketball right now, some of the best in the NBA right now. And the Celtics pulled it off. Was it perfect? No, right? We talked about Jason Tatum so far. Uh, we've talked about him and you know how much he struggled through this one. Uh, but just to put into perspective, he had four points and four turnovers at halftime. And honestly, he had four points and five turnovers through the first five minutes of the third quarter. Like Jason Tatum in this game, until the fourth quarter turned on, he did nothing. He did absolutely nothing. It was a really, really tough game to watch. Uh, from Jason Tatum. And when you have games like that, that's what makes this win even more impressive, right? Because Jason Tatum is your superstar. Jalen Brown, very far, like very close, right? Right up there with him. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, like Jalen Brown is super consistent. Very rarely does he have one of these clunkers like Jason Tatum had. However, Jason Tatum has games, like he's just, so good at creating space, creating opportunities, hitting tough shots. He has a slight edge over Jalen Brown in that aspect. To me, like I've said it on this podcast, Jalen Brown is my favorite Celtics player. I think he is the most consistent overall. Jason Tatum just has a higher upside, I believe. And I feel like it's hard to say that because Jalen Brown every year just gets better and better. He improves some part of his game, uh, but really, this is a—it's just a luxury to have both of them. I'm not sitting here. I'm not going to compare the two. I'm not going to say one is clearly better than the other because there are nights where both of them go back and forth, and you can make an argument for either of them, and I will accept an argument for either of them. 
like both of them having two guys that are I don't know let's say top 15 in the NBA Jason Tatum I mean he's worked his way up and most people would say he's top four right some would say he's the best player in the NBA right the fact that we can have two of those guys on this team and then have a, just an absolute luxury of role players is is just crazy. It's crazy to think about. And you look at Brad Stevens and the work that he's done to fill in the edges of this roster, and it is just so damn impressive. So impressive. So overall, I mean, again, I've talked about Jason Tatum and really like struggling through this one. Outside of that, I mean, the only negative is like, it's really the fact that we let other guys kind of go off at times. Like you look in the first quarter, it wasn't really Joel Embiid. It wasn't really James Harden that killed us. It was Tobias Harris. Like he had 12 points in that first quarter, uh, played the full 12, five of seven from the field. But if you look at the way that the game played out the rest of the way, the Celtics did a really good job of kind of shutting that down. Like he had 12 points in the first quarter, 19 in the game. I've said it basically every single time the Celtics have played the 76ers. Tobias Harris is the most grossly overpaid NBA player. And I don't even think it's close. I don't know, maybe John Wall, right? I don't know, before he got bought out. Russell Westbrook, before he got bought out. But either way, like this guy is just ridiculously overpaid for what he's bringing to this team. And I'm loving it. Absolutely love it. Because I cannot stand Philly. So this is... it's a, Honestly, it's a really good win. Because you let... Obviously, Joel Embiid's going to go out there. He's going to get his. He had 41 points, 12 rebounds in this one. Five assists. James Harden, 21 points. Eight assists. Still had four turnovers. Played a ton of minutes. But you take the rest of the team out of it. And they got nothing. Like Tobias Harris, quarters two, three, and four combined had seven points. P.J. Tucker gave you seven the entire game. Melton, seven. Tyrese Maxey, eight. Jalen McDaniels, four. Everybody else, Nang, Reed, Milton, zero. We shot everybody else out. And that's the reason that the Celtics do so well against Philly. Because we focus all of our attention on Joel Embiid. And regard like he's still going to go out and he's still going to get his. Like he was 17 of 18 from the free throw line today. Joel Embiid kills the Celtics. However, that's the formula. And it's worked for Boston so well over the years because we really try to shut down everybody around him. Joel Embiid's not going to go out there and score you 100 points himself. He needs other guys to help create. And the Celtics shut those other guys out. We'll let Joel Embiid get his. And it's worked over and over and over again. So I love it. Like, listen, this isn't a this was not a perfect game. We let like there were several other moments where Celtics defense collapsed. The shot selection, I thought, in this game was pretty terrible. Like for mostly Jason Tatum, but Jalen Brown, a couple of really tough shots. Grant Williams did not play a great game offensively. Defensively, I thought he was really good. Right There are a lot of guys that just went out there and didn't really do a ton on the Celtics on the defensive end or the offensive end. Like You look at this game, and this is why I wanted to talk about some of the tough decisions that Joe Missoula has in front of him. 
the Celtics ran a they ran with nine guys in this game. However, Sam Hauser was that ninth guy. He played a minute and fifty four seconds. So this was a true Celtics playoff rotation. Grant Williams played twenty eight minutes. Derek White twenty five. Brogdon twenty. Those are the only three bench players that actually got minutes. We saw Luke Cornett, Blake Griffin, Peyton Pritchard, Mike Muscala, all DNPCDs. Did not play at all. And Sam Hauser, if you can call it playing, like he was out there for less than two minutes, he was in the he checked in at one point. But this is very much a game where Joe Mazzulla is making a lot of tough decisions. How do you give all of these minutes away to or how do you give these limited minutes away to all of these guys? Like we saw Mike Muscala come in his first three games. He looked incredible. Absolutely incredible. And he hasn't played since. Like the last two games, DNPCDs, hasn't played. We've seen Luke Cornett for the large majority of this season. While Time Lord was out, Luke Cornett got a ton of minutes. And he looked good. Did not play again tonight. Peyton Pritchard, Blake Griffin, all of these guys. I, I'm not. I'm not really going to say much about Blake Griffin because I don't think that he's going to play much in general. Uh, he plays on the nights where we've got one of our two bigs out. And that's it, right? And that's been the formula all year long. But guys like Mike Muscala, I really thought were going to work their way into the rotation. And right now, this looks like the playoff rotation. I don't know if it's going to shift too much more than this. Obviously, you might you might see some time with Sam Hauser, but at this point, like if you've got Derek White going off, going shooting seven of nine from the field, getting eighteen points on seventy percent shooting, you're not going to sub him out for Sam Hauser. You're not going to take Malcolm Brogdon out because he's you know a point guard that actually creates plays for other people. You're not going to take him out and put Sam Hauser, and they're already only playing twenty five to twenty minutes. Like you've got guys, like even Marcus Smart in this one, he played 26 minutes. Like this was not a game where we went out and played a ton of guys. Like in order to have Sam Hauser get some minutes, we need to take out Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. And how often do you really do that? They only played 36 minutes in this one. I will give Joe Mazzulla some credit because this is a game that they pulled out a win. And they didn't have to overextend a bunch of these guys. The only the only people, I mean, Al Horford and Robert Williams, both of those guys played 31 and 32 minutes. I would like to see those numbers go down for both of them. For both of them. But Al Horford, in that third quarter, you needed every single bit of it. Right? And at that point, like fourth quarter, it's not like he went out there and played the entire quarter. Like he played five minutes in that fourth quarter. So he sat a vast majority of it right it's just moments like this where if you can if you have the luxury of having a a cornet a mike muscala cornet's gone out there he's defended Embiid, and he's done fine right is he the best no al horford is the best guy to defend joel Embiid on the celtics team however if you need to spell some minutes give them time Right, Muscala at the very least can go out there and get you a couple buckets. Defensively, he's solid. Like he's not the best defender on the team, but he's a solid defender. Like I, I could, you could argue that he's a better defender than Luke Cornett. Right, so this is an opportunity to get guys, specifically Al Horford and Robert Williams, 
Al, who's a little bit older, Robert Williams, dealing with injury history, that you can kind of give them five, ten minutes here and there and not need to go to Al Horford and Robert Williams. Obviously, we just went smaller today. But this is a tough team to go smaller against. You've got P.J. Tucker, who's a solid, thick dude. Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris. They're big. This was a, absolutely a game where Mike Muscala could have made an impact. And I said that last podcast. I talked about it. So there are still some opportunities for the Celtics to you know, limit some of these guys' minutes. And that's the tough decision that Joe Mazzulla has in front of him. That's what I'm talking about. It's a really hard decision because obviously you want to go out there. You want to play your best guys, but you also don't want to burn them out. And, you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum playing 36 minutes. I'm not that worried about, but Al Horford and Robert Williams playing 30 plus that I'm a little worried about. I don't want Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown over 38, but if they're at a 36, 36 minutes, I don't want them near 40. Like keep them around this number. That's fine. Al Horford, Robert Williams got to get those numbers down and we've got the personnel to do it. That's why we went out and got Mike Muscala at the deadline. Uh, but that's where we're going to wrap things up. Overall, I mean, this is a this is a really good game. Celtics pulled off a really good win. Jason Tatum, late game heroics. But we saw a lot of guys step up in various points of this game that really pushed the Celtics ahead of Philly once again. Love to see it. Uh, so at this point, Celtics still best record in the NBA. And it doesn't look like it's changing much. All right. So right now we've got a four-game lead over Philly. And at this point, we also won the tiebreaker. So we really have a five-game lead over Philly. So it looks like the Celtics, unless something drastic happens, we're probably locked in at either one or two at this point. Milwaukee did win the other night, so we're a game up on them still. Uh, But overall, Celtics are rolling. They look good. They look real good. Uh, That's where we're going to wrap things up for today. If you haven't done so already, make sure to follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics Guy. Make sure to follow our Facebook page, Boston Celtics Till I Die, and our YouTube page, Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. Have a great night, Celtics fans. We'll talk soon. I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic. I can't help it, nah, I can't help it, nah, I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic. I can't help it, I'm all like a Celtic.